Next on BYU Sports Nation, who's ready for a showdown at St. Mary's on the eve of Cougars Gales Part 1 in 2020? What's your confidence level in BYU? Our coach, Steve Cleveland, joins us to talk about the Cougars' chances of adding a win over St. Mary's to their resume. Plus, a retroactive review on BYU football in 2019. What takes the title of biggest surprise of the season? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, January 8th, wherever and however you're connected, Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton with a guy who's uh, currently dozing off, Jason Shepard. What? Hey, thanks for being what? here with us, man. Hey, hey, are we on? Is this on? Yeah, yeah, we're on, man. No time to sleep. We've hey, got things to do. Funny moment last night on the, uh, on the uh, BYU Basketball with Mark Pope show. Which, by the way, can I say this? The open, like the graphic and for the for the beginning of that show is maybe the best I've ever seen. I love that look, the by the way. The 80s effect. I love it. I love it. Every time I see it, it brings a smile to my face. Oh, well, and uh, this brought a smile to your face about 25 minutes into the show. Mark Pope calling out his daughters for dozing off, or at least one of them. Listen to this. Uh, It was it was it was really impressive. Okay. Um, so my girls are here. Yes. And your Shay, wife and your kids Shay is about to fall asleep. Shay, you can't do this. This is <laughs> Shay's first time at the show, and she's over there dozing off. You with us, Shay? You good? So now All Shay's right. awake. Uh, okay, so Shay's <laughs> awake. Jason's awake. Yeah. And we're ready to go. Look, okay, you have, we both have daughters. Now, your daughter is still very little, so you, you haven't dealt with this. I promise you that did not go well when the show was over. <laughs> I promise you Dad. Mark got a talking to from his daughter about and calling from, her and out. from his wife, I'm sure. <laughs> Don't do that to your daughter. As, as, a da- as, a, as a father of daughters, one of which who is a teenager, I, I can promise you that would not have gone over well. Yeah, unfortunately <laughs> for me, uh, my almost two-year-old daughter, there's no dozing. There's just... Chaos 24-7. It's just chaotic. Uh, We promised a little bit of chaos, but organized at that for today's show, including Steve Cleveland, the former BYU basketball head coach, on his confidence level for the Cougars going into Moraga and playing against St. Mary's. Is this BYU's year? Plus, we go deep blue with Talon Shumway, who, by the way, could have played basketball at BYU. No joke. He opted for football. And... Big deal, no deal, an NFL playoffs edition. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. In a battle of the Saints tomorrow, Jason. I like that. Yes, St. Mary's and BYU school, represented by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Well, the Gales and Cougars match up for the first time in 2020, second game of the Cougars West Coast Conference campaign. Yoli Childs and Dalton Nixon both got banged up in practice yesterday. Childs left with a couple of fingers wrapped. Head coach Mark Pope told Greg Rebell on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope last night that this is the time of season where guys just tend to get a little banged up. Uh, Yoli banged up his finger. Uh, Dalton Nixon, like 20 minutes in practice, was literally bleeding out of two different parts of his head. It's not an exaggeration. Uh, Connor Harding is in there. Uh, you know, nursing a knee right now. It's just, it is. It's, it's what, 
it's where you get at this point in the season, and um, it's it's a it's a manifestation of our guys working really hard and and being really really competitive. Here's to a quick recovery for all of those guys yes. as BYU basketball moves forward. Coverage of the game tomorrow begins at 10 Eastern, 8 Mountain on BYU Radio with Cougar pregame live. You can watch it on ESPN2 at 11 Eastern. Again, speedy recovery for all the Cougars that are banged up at this point of the season. Eric Mika had 14 points and 10 rebounds in his return to the NBA G League Stockton Kings last night. Mika played 26 minutes in the Kings 132 to 114 loss to the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. BYU Volleyball in at number two in the the off-the-block media poll after the Cougars won a couple of tough road games at Loyola Chicago and at Lewis. BYU right back to work on Friday and Saturday when they will host Penn State. Watch those matches live on BYU TV beginning Friday, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific time. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. On a scale of 1 to 100%, it's time to address the confidence level you have for BYU basketball going into the St. Mary's game. Let me give you some numbers. Ken Palm gives BYU 37% chance to win. Basketball Power Index, according to ESPN, gives BYU a 32% chance to win. And Team Rankings gives BYU as high as a 45.1% chance. Jason, what is your confidence level going into BYU at St. Mary's? My confidence level right now is very high, and why wouldn't it be? BYU right now is playing really good basketball, and that includes some impressive defensive efforts. I, I certainly wish the Gales weren't coming off of a loss because I think that makes them more dangerous. Certainly. But as I've said before, I think this BYU team is better equipped to handle a team like St. Mary's because of its versatility and the way it can shoot the ball and space the floor. So right now, there's no reason for me to not be confident heading into tomorrow night's game. BYU is playing really well right now. And and I I I think that this team feels really good about its chances. So my expectations, my confidence level, really high. Now keep in mind, Jason Shepard called the game for BYU at Houston, which really got things rolling in the right direction. And that was the part of the season where BYU was playing without Yoli Childs. And, of course, Gavin Baxter's been out the entire time. So the Cougars have shown the capability already to win a big game on the road. Well, and it's it's, it's not just that. So you have the the win at Houston, but you you have a win – look – UC, beating UCLA was was a big win. You you beat Virginia Tech. That's a big win. I mean, the, these are this this team has proven they can handle some adversity. And look what they did after after falling to Utah in a game that we, we everybody agrees they should have won. How they bounce back? I, I think that says a lot about this team. And talking with the guys yesterday after practice, we had media availability, and, and every, everybody just feels really good about where this team is at. It's not perfect. There's always stuff that you can work on. But they like the way the team is trending now that they're in conference. Whenever I'm calculating something like this, I like to think, okay, if the game were played 10 times, how many do I think BYU would win? Now consider that BYU, with some good teams in the past, has gone to Moraga eight previous times and won once. BYU's beaten St. Mary's in Moraga one time, and it was on Matthew Delavidelva night uh, of all nights. Yeah, shout out to that team. They were handing out uh, mouthpieces. Of, oh, they, 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 they hung his uh, jersey in the rafters, and uh, BYU ruined the party, which was fantastic. It's just a tough place to play. St. Mary's is never going to 
like overwhelm you with their athleticism. In fact, they're a lot like BYU. Dalton Nixon told us yesterday, we feel like they kind of take the mantra of work hard, uh, outwork everyone in practice, spend extra hours in the gym. We're going to be really well coached and really disciplined. That's why it's such an intriguing rivalry. So that said, home court advantage is a real thing, especially in college basketball. I'm more along the lines of ESPN's basketball power index. I'm giving BYU like a 25 to 30% chance of winning this game. They play this game 10 times. I think BYU could win it two or three times. Let's just hope that it's one of those two or three times tomorrow night. That's the beauty of it. It's only one game. It's only it's only one game. And, you know, and I don't want to go moral victory here, hashtag moral victory, but... Well, let's say BYU doesn't win the game, and they're not expected. They're not expected to go in and win this game. Clearly, we okay. just went through the numbers. Yeah, they're, they're, nobody's expecting them to go in and win this game. If you can go in and play well, I think that that gives you confidence moving forward. There's no question about it. Certainly, the goal is to win the game, though. Going into every WCC basketball season, the question for BYU basketball that we all ask is, how is this team going to do against Saint Zaga? With uh. tomorrow night's game being the first matchup with either the Gales or the Bulldogs. I want to throw out this scenario for you, uh, but not just for you. Okay. I want to throw it out to everybody else, okay. to our entire audience. You can weigh in on our live poll by going to vote.byutv.org and voting on this question. Would you rather beat St. Mary's twice in a season or get the Zags once? This is so easy. I don't even know why this is a question. You always take two quality wins over one, Jason. You always take two over one, especially when BYU is building a tournament resume. Would it not look amazing to have two wins over St. Mary's, who is firmly in as an NCAA tournament team right now? BYU has beaten Gonzaga in the past. In fact, two years that BYU has won in Spokane, the Cougars didn't get into the NCAA tournament. So, no, it's not just about one win. If BYU beats St. Mary's twice, they are a lock there may be a seven seed, gasp a six seed in the tournament. Probably not going to crawl like crawl that high, but two wins is always greater than one, regardless if it's the number one team in America. We've seen that it's before. Simple math. BYU, BYU has done that before, and it didn't get the Cougars into the tournament when they knocked off the number one and undefeated ranked Gonzaga in Spokane. Like you and I are on the same page with this. I will take two wins over St. Mary's because beating a high quality team like St. Mary's, twice, in my opinion, and obviously it sounds like yours too, carries more weight. Now, look, we will all take a win over Gonzaga. If that's how this plays out, everybody will take that. Sure. Here's my thing. Not that it, not that it is a fluke, but one win over Gonzaga and say they're the number one team still or even top five, I think a committee can somewhat look at that as somewhat of a fluke. If you do something once... They can say, okay, well, maybe it was an off night for them. It, they, they may be able to poke holes in it. If you beat a team the level of, of St. Mary's twice, you can't overlook that. That shows consistency. That's why I go with the two wins over St. Mary's versus one over Gonzaga. Heck, at this point, one win over St. Mary's combined with what BYU has already done shows the committee BYU's not a fluke. They're consistent. They would then have wins against Virginia Tech at Houston Utah State neutral site and against St. Mary's. That's not a fluke. Now, if we qualify this question as beating the Zags once, including in Las Vegas, okay, in the now, West Coast Conference right, Now you're adding a layer that was then, not initially brought up it here. it changes, right? Yes, if, it, if the one victory is 
over Gonzaga in Las Vegas, then that probably puts BYU into the NCAA tournament as the tournament champion. So that, that changes it. But this is, uh, from what I understand, a regular season-only conversation. Well, again, we will take a win over Gonzaga if that's how this plays out. But, yes, if, if given your choice, two versus one, I agree with you. You go. Now, a win over the Zags for BYU basketball would likely qualify as probably the surprise of the season for BYU basketball when we look back at this. Now it's time for us to have a retroactive review of BYU football in the 2019 season. Jason, what takes the cake as the surprise of the 2019 BYU football season? Okay, I I went with two here, and I went one good, one bad. And I'll start with the good, and I went with the backup quarterback play. The play of BYU's backup quarterbacks was a very – Good surprise. There there was zero drop-off in quarterback play with Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney. And we've discussed before that you could argue the best half of football from the quarterback position was the first half at Utah State. The way Jaron Hall was playing in that game was brilliant. He was unbelievable. Look, Jaron's play was not shocking because we, we knew what his talent level was, and seeing him in spring, you kind of had an idea. Adding Baylor's stellar play made the backup quarterback uh, the storyline for me in the positive big surprise. On the other side of that, I went with the struggles of the kicking game. Okay. And now, while it started out well, it was an issue as the season progressed and then obviously concluded. And, and, and I did not expect that. That surprised me that that was as big of an issue as it was. Oldroyd and Southam, I think, are much better kickers than they showed. And, and look at this between the 30 and 40 yard line, Oldroyd was 6 of 10, 60%. And between the 20 and 30 yard line, Southam was 1 of 3. Now, look. I would not be able to make these field goals. They're not gimmies for me, but from what we've seen from these, those are in the gimme range in terms of yardage. And so I was surprised that that they struggled in that situation. And just overall, as the season progressed, that the kicking game just was was not the weapon that we expected it to be. So those were those were two surprises: one good, one bad. My biggest surprise of the season, Jason. Two words for you, and it's a name. Baylor Romney. Did anybody at any point going into the 2019 season think that Baylor Romney would have any type of significant impact on this BYU football team? No. And if you, other than the Romney family, put down your hands. (laughs) Okay. Nobody expected this guy to have a significant impact. And by significant, I mean... You could argue that Baylor Romney quarterbacked BYU's best win of the season. Boise State finished 12 and 2. The Cougars were coming off back-to-back losses against Toledo and USF. They were on their third-string quarterback. Nobody gave BYU a shot outside of the team to beat Boise State unbeaten at that time, ranked nationally relevant. Baylor Romney was my biggest surprise of the season. I and what a pleasant surprise. Him leading BYU to a win against Boise State. And I know that the win against USC was a surprise and beating Tennessee to some people was a surprise because of the Rocky Top revival and how it happened. But Jason, in the middle of the summer, I went on Bill Riley's radio show and he asked me, which of the Power Fives are BYU most likely to beat? And I said, Tennessee and USC. And he's like, whoa, USC, are you kidding me? Beating an SEC team on the road? It just felt that way to me. Okay, And look, BYU does that. Baylor Romney, however, beating Boise State, nobody expected that. Uh, The honorable mention for me, probably losing at USF. I was flabbergasted. 
When I was flying home on that plane from Tampa, I could not believe that BYU had lost to USF. So that, too, on the other side, yeah. was a huge, huge surprise. Okay. We want you to weigh in. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Also, you can answer our live poll question, vote.byutv.org. Uh, would you rather BYU beat St. Mary's twice in a season or the Zags once? Talking, of course, about BYU basketball. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Bayoeste on Twitter answers... I'd rather beat St. Mary's twice if it meant keeping the Gales out of the NCAA tournament (laughs) and beating Gonzaga once if it meant winning the West Coast Conference tournament and guaranteeing a spot in the NCAA tournament. Hashtag BYUSN. The the added layer of the one win over Gonzaga being in Vegas changes everything. Yes, because we typically approach everything with a regular season context. you're right. But if it includes what happens in Vegas... Which stays in Vegas, by the way. Then, yeah, maybe yeah. you lean towards beating Gonzaga. Okay, that's the Gonzaga. That's another question altogether. Okay, all right. Coming up, we'll check back in on our live poll. Are you wanting two St. Mary's wins or one over the Zags? And the former BYU basketball head coach Steve Cleveland gives us his confidence level in the Cougars' chances to win in Moraga. This is BYU Sports Nation. Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow, the BYU Cougars will be in Moraga to face St. Mary's. Coverage of the game begins at 10 p.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio with Cougar Pregame Live. That's BYU at St. Mary's tomorrow on BYU Radio and the app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Alongside Jason Shepard, I am Spencer Linton. Are you awake yet, Jason? I'm awake. I'm ready to go. You ready to go? Okay, because we've got Steve Cleveland on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline right now, former BYU basketball head coach, friend of the program. Coach, welcome back. I hope you're enjoying your new year thus far. I am. It's good to be with you guys, always. BYU 12-4, and that certainly helps ring in a new year as a former BYU basketball head coach and for us here in Studio B. That said, a significant challenge, and I'm probably underselling it, happens tomorrow in Moraga, where BYU is 1-7 all-time against St. Mary's. What's your confidence level for BYU going into the first rivalry showdown with St. Mary's in 2020? Well, I think, first of all, it's probably the most prepared team in the past five years to beat St. Mary's there. Um, I think not just because that they're 12-4 and and have had good wins, but it's probably the most connected team I've seen there in a long time. They've got all the intangibles. They're obviously confident, and but on the floor, uh, they're together. And uh, they've found ways to share the ball. There's a certain toughness that has uh, been really important to this team. And the fact is that uh, they, they are doing the, small, the little things to, to win games. And I think defensively, probably the best team defensively that BYU has ever gone into St. Mary's to play. So all of those things add up to being confident. It's not an easy place to play. It'll be a tough game. These two teams are very much alike and uh, share a lot of the same uh, attributes, and both of them are having great years. Coach, uh, to, to play off of what you just mentioned, wh- why do you think, what do you think has led to this team being in this position? Is it the influence of Coach Pope? Is it the overall personnel gelling together? Wh- what do you think leads you to believe that they're the – because I agree with you. I think, I think this team is right now best equipped to handle a game like this. Why, why do you th- what do you think is the factor that, that's really playing into that? 
I, I think it's a combination of, of things you just mentioned. Number one, you have really good leadership, number one, from the coaches. You know, Coach Pope is, is a bright coach. He obviously understands this game. He's been around it at every level. Uh, he knows how to connect with the guys, and he, he's got a great deal of energy. You start there. Then you take five seniors who have really haven't been able to win big games that they needed to win to get to the tournament or to win a championship. And so you have a really, really committed group of guys that are coming in here that have had good wins this year. And between, I think, really understanding both sides of the ball, offensively, defensively, and just like I said earlier, all the intangibles are there. The confidence level is high, uh, but, but they're a mature group. And having five seniors makes a big difference. And, and then, you know, to having Barcelo come in there as, as a younger player, but obviously playing with great confidence, Connor Harding, Dalton Nixon probably having the best year that he's had as a BYU Cougar. Uh, all of those things lend themselves to a more confident group and a reason why I think you can believe that they have a chance to go in there and win. Steve Cleveland with us on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, last year St. Mary's dropped the opener against San Francisco on the hilltop, then turned around and beat BYU by 22 points. So they were definitely dialed in when BYU came into play. Now, given what has happened this year, BYU is going into a similar situation because St. Mary's just lost in four overtimes at Pacific. So how would you coach BYU if you were Mark Pope knowing that the Gales are coming off of a loss? Well, I'd, I'd make sure. I, I don't think that he's going to have to say too much about having their full attention. This is a pretty mature group. But he, every team, when you take a tough loss like that, a four-overtime loss, and, and really credit to UOP and how they've turned things around and having a good year thus far, I don't think anybody saw that coming. But at the end of the day, BYU has to be ready. They, they, St. Mary's has been pushed into a corner. They're trying to be the same place that BYU wants to be, and that's in the NC2A tournament. They can't afford back-to-back losses. And so they're going to be hungry, and they're going to be scratching and clawing and doing everything they can. And so they're going to be prepared. I, I, don't, I don't think Coach Pope has to say anything. I, I think everybody clearly understands. This isn't a freshman-sophomore group. This group understands what's at stake here. A win at St. Mary's, boy, puts them in a great position to, be in a, to not only win the, the WCC, but in a position to get to the NC2A tournament. Coach, this is a question that we could never have asked you while you were coaching? Because we all know the answer that we would get. But now we can ask you these hypothetical questions and get your take. Both Spencer and I weighed in on this in our last segment. We're going to give you the hypothetical scenario that you can take one of two things. You can either have two wins over St. Mary's or one versus Gonzaga. Which would you take? To be honest with you, we've had one win over Gonzaga in the past, and it didn't get them to the tournament. So I think probably another thing I would add to that is when would those two tournament two wins come? If they're if they're both in the postseason, uh, I mean both in the you know in the, in the regular season, then probably I take a Gonzaga win because they're the number one team in the nation. But BYU's done that already. What they've never done is swept St. Mary's, and I think. Either one probably is going to be a signature enough win if they do what they're supposed to do to get them into the NC2A tournament. The one thing about beating Gonzaga that comes to my mind, if you beat them, now you have a chance to win a West Coast Conference championship. Steve Cleveland with us on BYU Sports Nation. And yes, when the game is played, yes. absolutely yes. factors into that conversation, especially if BYU's playing Gonzaga in the WCC tournament in Las Vegas. And that's for the first tournament championship since you were the coach 
in 2001. That said, Coach, uh, it's about Randy Bennett and St. Mary's tomorrow. What is it about St. Mary's that makes them such a consistently tough matchup, not just for BYU but for any team in the WCC? Well, I think they have a lot of the character traits that this year's BYU team has, but they've had it for a long time. They are connected. I mean, they're connected offensively, defensively. They make the extra pass. They play intelligently. They understand their roles. They've always had good leadership, and they've also had really good players. Ford and Fitz this year will make plays. That uh, and there, there's a toughness. Randy has always had guys that have had a tough, had a, a, a number of Australian young people that have come in that they recruited there, and they've always kind of come in with a chip on their shoulder in that kind of toughness. So, and you know, all of those things lend to great team chemistry, and uh, and so they they understand their roles and what they are. They're, they're talented, you know, but they're not any better than three or four teams that, they, that BYU's already played, neither played close to or beat. So. Uh, I don't think there's a discrepancy between talent with this BYU and St. Mary's team. I think they're very evenly matched. But year after year, Randy Bennett has gotten these guys to play together and play connected and be and really be selfless with the ball. So those you get talent, you know, talent they say is never enough. Well, it's true, and you got to have the intangibles to be championship play a championship caliber basketball. And with the intangibles in place. They've always been a place for St. Mary's. He's always had a culture there that uh, you, you could see it on the floor, how they played together. And, and I believe that BYU this year has that same, all those same character traits as well. Jordan Ford has always been a thorn in the side of teams in the WCC, and, and now he's a senior. He's leading the team in scoring. I think he's coming off a career-high 36 points in like 58 minutes because of the four overtimes. I mean, so, but, but it's not just Jordan Ford. You mentioned some of the other guys around him. What do you think specifically from an X's and O's standpoint, uh, what, what Randy's got this year? Well, I, I, I think Jordan Ford has the ability to go north-south. He can attack the rim, and which allows people to get open because you've got to extend help. Fitz is a guy that's athletic. He's different than a lot of the guys that Randy's had. You know, he can make plays from the perimeter. He can, he can take it off the rim and finish it. And, and the other guy, even Tanner Krebs, who, again, another senior, 6'6". You know, they've got a 6'6", 6'7", 6'8". They don't have a real great size. But they're all interchangeable, much like BYU. But they, they can switch on almost everything. Uh, that, that toughness, I, I just think of toughness when I think of Randy's teams, to be honest with you. But they have the personnel. They don't have great depth. They, they, you know, they've got about six, seven guys, uh, but they, they're, they're just smart. They, you know, they seldom get into foul trouble. Uh, they don't beat themselves. I guess that's the best way to put it. St. Mary's typically doesn't beat themselves. And that four-overtime loss to UOP, uh, Jahil Chip goes for 39 points. And, you know, UOP's been sitting on a, a really tough time for about two or three years. So you're kind of happy to see them turning that thing around a little bit as well. But uh, they, they don't beat themselves. And, and that's what the most unique thing, I think, and, and the greatest attribute you can say about a coach is that he's got his guys to execute and execute a game plan day in and day out, and they just don't beat themselves. Coach, great to catch up with you. As a reminder, he's the last man to lead BYU to a postseason conference tournament championship. We're hoping for more of that vibe this year, Coach. Thanks for the time. 
Yeah, me too. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. You got it. Steve Cleveland on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Coming up, Deep Blue with Talon Shumway. And a poll question update. Go to vote.byutv.org and sound off. You want two wins over St. Mary's or one against Gonzaga? The latest results up next. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's a busy day for BYU Athletics on Saturday, and we've got it covered for you on BYU TV at 4 Eastern. Watch the women's hoops team host San Diego. Follow it up at 7 Eastern with the third-ranked men's volleyball team taking on 15th-ranked Penn State. And for the nightcap, it's BYU basketball hosting Portland at 9.30 Eastern time, all available on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. His name is Jason Shepard. He is woke, especially on Twitter. And I am Spencer Linton. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation. What's that song from Devo again? Whip it? It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. It's a battle of the Saints tomorrow. Very clever. As BYU travels to Moraga to take on St. Mary's in the second game of WCC play for BYU. Pre-game coverage on BYU Radio begins at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific. The game can be seen on ESPN2 at 11 Eastern, 8 Pacific. Ah, yes, more men's basketball. Via Mark Pope, the head coach, on his show last night. Yoli Childs left practice early yesterday. A couple of fingers taped up. Dalton Nixon ended practice early. No kidding. Bleeding in two different spots from his head. Coach said both would be okay. Cougars in pro hoops. Eric Mika had 14 points and 10 boards in his return to the G League. He's with the Stockton Kings. Mika played 26 minutes in last night's Kings loss to the Vipers. Volleyball. The BYU men ranked number two in the off the block media poll. The Cougars, after wins at Loyola Chicago and against Lewis, will host Penn State on Friday and Saturday. Watch on BYU TV. That first match on Friday, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Our question of the day dealing with BYU men's basketball. You can weigh in on BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and or Instagram or at vote.byutv.org and participate in our live poll. Would you rather BYU beat St. Mary's twice in a season or Gonzaga once? Okay, it is a megaphone poll. Jason and I both overwhelmingly went the St. Mary's route because two is greater than one. Taylor Swift taught me that in a song as well. (laughs) Two is better than one. Look at you bringing up Tay-Tay. At Laser Sheep Answers on Twitter, as much as I'd like to say Gonzaga, I'm going with beating St. Mary's twice. I don't hate Gonzaga the same way I hate St. Mary's. That's the basis of my answer. Waldo and Delhi did a number on me. There is that factor yes. too, Jason. The rivalry factor with St. Mary's is at another level compared to the more respect that BYU has for Gonzaga. Look, and, and the poll on vote.byutv.org is overwhelmingly in favor of St. Mary's as well. 82% yeah. going with the I can't believe we haven't had the St. Mary's face today. Well, BYU hasn't played or, for that matter, lost to St. Mary's but this it's still, season But I, I feel like it warrants just seeing the, the St. Mary's well, face. It'll probably show up tomorrow, right. Jason. Yeah, it'll only probably... seven. It's, it's now moved up. Even in, the, in, the, in the 10 seconds since giving the poll results, 83% for St. Mary's, just 17% for the Zags. Okay, now I want to know how much this poll would shift if the oh, one Gonzaga win. It changes everything. We're in Las Vegas. It changes everything. It, honestly, I don't know anybody that would vote against Gonzaga. Because you would think, you would think that it's most likely in the West Coast Conference championship game, right? Look, if it's not, it would be insane. 
then St. Mary's would be the number one seed. Yes. Right? And BYU would have to be the two or the three seed. Look, yeah. If you're going that route where you're saying the one win is against Gonzaga in the WCC, the only scenario in which that plays out is they are the number one seed. And ask, it's in the championship game. Ask St. Mary's what it feels like to beat Gonzaga in the championship game in Las Vegas. Because it happened last year and it got the Gales into the tournament. <laughs> At Bruce underscore Jensen on Twitter says, well, it depends on when the win over the Zags happens. The real answer is, whatever puts the Cougs into the dance, most likely the Zags in the West Coast Conference tournament. Yes, that is a new perspective on it. Yes, it is. At Cookies9 on Twitter, St. Mary's twice or three times. <laughs> Zags are solidly in the dance. Only two West Coast Conference teams will get into the dance. I have spoken. This is a two-bid league because everybody else, it seems like, feels like the WCC is a three-bid league. In fact, Andy Katz has BYU's conference, the West Coast Conference, the toughest conference outside of the Power Six right now. By the way, underrated Mandalorian reference right there. Uh, it is the way. I have I'll spoken. Say, I will say that back to you. Uh, yeah, like m- uh, everybody, you know, because we asked the question, how many uh, teams do we think the WCC will get into the NCAA tournament? Uh, everybody said three bid. Uh-huh. Every, and, and right now, they are three bid. We asked, we asked four broadcasters from the conference. Every single one of them said three bid league. So maybe this is just guarded optimism. It's been a three-bid league once since BYU came into the West Coast Conference. That was the first year the Cougars were in the WCC back in 2012. BYU got in as a 14th seed in a play-in game as the third team. Is this the next best opportunity? It certainly seems like it. It would, it would seem like it. Yeah. Coming up, big deal, no deal. And I've got a dual sport athlete for you that you might not know about. Talon Shumway was an outstanding basketball player. In fact, T.J. Howes wanted him to play basketball at BYU, but he opted for football. His deep blue story next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Following BYU Sports Nation, this very show. Watch BYU Basketball with Mark Pope as the coach and Jake Toulson sit down with Greg Rubel as the Cougars prepare for St. Mary's Thursday night. Oh, the deli gnome. Moving on from that as fast as possible. (laughs) Former BYU wide receiver, and I say former because he just wrapped up his career as a senior, Talon Shumway, yes, it's complete. But many of you may not know He was an outstanding basketball player at Lone Peak. He was, in fact, part of that number one ranked Lone Peak basketball team that featured T.J. Haas, Eric Mika, and Nick Emery. In fact, BYU Hoops assistant Quincy Lewis was part of Talon's high school career as well. We know what he chose, football. Question is, why? That's all part of Deep Blue, presented by Tim Daly Nissan, serving Utah since 1968. Growing up, my family, we endured a lot of abuse, a lot of hard times. When I was about 14, my parents finally got divorced, and that was like the first time in my life that I felt I could really breathe. We had lost our home, and there were some things in the home, and I only had a certain amount of time to get it cleaned up and to get the things out, and I didn't have... I didn't have enough time. It was in the middle of the winter, and his mom came marching in in the middle of one of our practices. And I had a lot of respect for her. I knew they were going through some tough things. And she says, I need my boys now. Coach Lewis just 
said, go. And the boys just ran out with me. And so what do you say to a mama bear like that? You said, for sure. I, I gave her her boys right then. And they came and they helped me get the last minute things out of her home. Talon did have a lot of things that kids shouldn't have to worry about. They shouldn't have to worry about if there's food. They shouldn't have to worry about when the lights are turned off. You know, my kids didn't think, oh, it's because there's a power outage. The first thing they thought was the bill hadn't been paid. His dad took the car away, took the phones away. We had nothing. All we had was our family, and we had the gospel. And, and we were happy. When that whole thing was over, those were some of the best years of my life. I never had a shortage of love. I had the greatest mother in the world, the greatest siblings in the world, and I had the greatest grandparents in the world. And there were other people who were always there, people that cared about us, cared about me. Sometimes in life you learn from other people's experiences, and I think the path that his dad chose really helped him see the type of family he wants in his future and the kind of husband and father that he wants to be. To hear that I had an impact on Talon's life through his middle school and high school years, that's, you know, that, that is humbling, but it's really, it's the most important thing, you know, really, because as a coach, winning the state championships and winning games and all those kind of things, those, those things are fun, but the things that really are important is things like this come back to you, the, the life lessons that are learned, or maybe you could help help somebody along the way that really needed it. The Talon, he's a great kid. I may have learned more from him than he learned from me. Those were probably the first times in my life that I'd had real one-on-one -on -one conversations with a man. He always just expressed to me his expectations and how he felt about what I was doing, really just what you'd expect from a father. I grew up playing two sports, football and basketball. You know, we saw a lot of success in high school. Uh, won, won a few state championships, we won a national championship, and we had a lot of fun playing together. I don't think the success we had, we wouldn't have had it without Talon. His defensive presence was, was unbelievable. I remember in practice, I never liked going up against him because he was so physical and he moved his feet so well. He would throw the football in the front yard, and then he would run to the other side and catch his own football. He played catch with himself. <laughs> He did have friends. <laughs> we tried really hard to get him to come play basketball here at BYU. Obviously, he chose football. That was something he wanted to do, but he, I think he could have been very successful if he would have chose basketball. I realized that I had such a good experience in high school, and it, there was no way that I was going to beat that, and I wanted that in football. And football was the sport I was most passionate about. Pulls it away from Tyson. Down and in. Touchdown! Cougars score in OT! Talon's a great athlete, you know, and, and, and I think he's one of those guys that doesn't, he doesn't say much, but probably the most reliable person you can count on to do his job right. Definitely the most respected uh, player in our room in the receiver unit. On the field, he'll do the little things that a lot of people don't recognize, but coaches and teammates recognize the things that he does. As a coach, you know, you naturally gravitate towards those types of players because you can always use them as a, as a model on, on how to do things right, and I think that's what Talon's been for me. I've heard from so many different players about his example, what he, how he carries himself, the confidence that he gives 
to others. That's a unique way of leadership and unique way of utilizing his strengths, and he's an exceptional person. Goes without saying that we will all miss Talon Shumway at BYU. Man, what a story he leaves. Yeah, that uh, that story is is unbelievable. Um, wow, it just goes to show you that you never quite know what people are going through, and to be able to see somebody like that persevere um, through some hardships, it makes you respect him even more. Yeah, be kind to people, right? Yes, be there you kind go. To people, all right. Coming up, Brandon Davies goes first blood. Oh, now that's a tease. Yeah, Yes, it is. I'm not sure I can beat it, but I'll try. And big deal, no deal. Four former Cougars still in the NFL playoffs. That might beat it, right? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. A very warm welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Don't you love that? What? Warm. (laughs) Subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. The show always available on demand via BYU TV and BYU radio apps. It is time to play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. No deal. Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event, Ben Bagley. Always a big deal when he's on the show. What do you got for us? Well, thank you, Spencer, but we'll start here instead. Big deal, no deal. BYU getting St. Mary's coming off a overtime thrilling loss. Jason, the mic is yours. Uh, I will say it's a big deal. Look, I, I don't want St. Mary's to have any added anything facing BYU. You know they're not feeling great. They're upset. They're looking to bounce back. They're coming back home against a team they've had success against. I think it's a big deal they lost that game. Yes, it's a big deal. Just go back one year when St. Mary's lost to San Francisco the game before they played BYU. And with a woke Jim and Moraga beat BYU by 22. I kiddingly use that word, but seriously, it it woke them up, and, and they paid it off. Next. Big deal, no deal. Andy Katz ranks the WCC as the seventh toughest conference in the nation. This is a big deal, Jason. I'm going first because I feel strongly about this. Outside of the Power Six conferences, the West Coast Conference is the next toughest conference. That's ahead of the American. That's ahead of the Mountain West. WCC being at number seven, heck, in the top ten at any place, I think is good for the conference. At number seven? Wow. Is that because Gonzaga struggled in their first two games and because BYU and St. Mary's, Andy Katz thinks makes it a three-bid league? Probably. But, hey, number seven, I'd I'd take anywhere in the top ten. Yeah, I I don't know how you don't say it's a big deal when you're ranked that high. And, look, anytime you have the possibility of three teams from your conference going to the NCAA tournament, you're a fantastic basketball league. So, yeah, I think it's a big deal. That's ahead of the Atlantic 10 as well. Yeah. Okay, ahead of the American, the A-10, and the Mountain West? You bet. Next. Big deal, no deal. Saints halftime reporter, or pre-post host, Andy, or Christian Garrick tells us yesterday on BYU Sports Nation, Taysom Hill is a priority for the Saints. You take this one again. Um, Okay, so as far as Taysom being a priority in New Orleans, we know 
So that that's no deal. That's that's not news. Now, what is news to me is how much of a Taysom is how much of Taysom is a priority if he's the backup quarterback, Jason. We also learned in that interview that Teddy Bridgewater, who made a name for himself during that five game win streak yeah. for New Orleans when Drew Brees was out, has now upped his market value and could very well end up somewhere else in the offseason. You would expect that to happen. Yeah, why would why would a team not say, "Hey, Teddy Bridgewater, come be the quarterback, come be the quarterback right. of our team," which then puts Taysom in an interesting situation. If he's the backup quarterback, do they pull back some of what Taysom Hill does? To me, that's the bigger deal: is where Taysom Hill is going to land in the quarterback depth chart if Teddy Bridgewater leaves New Look, Orleans. Look, the New Orleans Saints cannot bring Taysom Hill back and then have him on the bench as the backup quarterback. You have already set the precedence for how you use Taysom Hill and how he is most effective. I think this is a big deal because I think what this tells you, number one, is with all of the other stuff with Teddy Bridgewater, they view him as Drew Brees' backup and potentially the heir apparent in New Orleans. But I also think it's a big deal because, like I said, you you can't – Put him out on the field in all of the, the different spots you did. See how successful he was. What, you know, get the, the, uh, the appetite from the fans up and going. And then say, oh, yeah, now he's our backup. We're just going to have – you can't do that. So I think that bodes well for Taysom. So I say it's a big deal. Yeah, there's 0% chance that he leaves New Orleans. That is not happening. They would be crazy yes. to let him and go. And they're crazy if they don't continue to use him like they sure, have. Sure. So uh, do you go and get another quarterback? Even though you make Taysom the second stringer, let him do his thing. If he gets hurt, then you have another reliable quarterback in that third spot. Well, but I mean, I mean, every, yeah, every, every NFL team has three quarterbacks. Now, they may go get one that's a little more competent than most third-string quarterbacks in the NFL. But, yeah, you, you, Taysom is the guy that they want to back up Drew Brees. Next. Last one. Big deal, no deal. Four former Cougars still alive in the NFL playoffs. You go first. Uh, it's a big deal because one of those four is with my eventual Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. That would be Daniel Sorensen. Oh, and Andy Reid, you know, the big man. My BFF. I have a signed picture of my office. The biggest deal in all of this is that not that the number is four, but that it's not higher, Jason. I thought it would be higher because think about who's not in the playoffs now. Kyle Van Noy and the Patriots, yeah. ousted. Taysom Hill and the Saints, ousted. Uh, did anybody think that those two would not, at least one of the two would be into the second round? This is crazy. So the biggest deal to me here is that there is no Kyle Van Noy and there is no Taysom Hill involved after the first wild card weekend. Between the two, the biggest surprise is no Kyle Van Noy. It's just you just expect, regardless of the scenario, that even more than the Saints, and we all expected them to move on too. But just the fact that it's the Patriots and you never see them lose, it's it's that's a bigger deal. But yeah, yeah, it's a big deal, and it and it's, it speaks positive for BYU. Of course, it's a big deal. The Patriots and the Saints were both three seeds in their respective conferences and had home games that lost to six seeds. That is crazy. But here we are. Good luck to Jamal Williams, Daniel Sorensen, Ziggy Ansah, and I'm leaving somebody else out. Fred uh, Warner. Fred Warner. Okay. The good news is there are no former Cougars on the Texans. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. Because they play the Chiefs, of course. It's always about <laughs> your Chiefs. By the way, my eight-year-old, his, his favorite team is the Chiefs. Yes! Jason. He just declared that By the me. way, I should have my new Chiefs hat waiting for me at home when I get home today. Yep, Jax is on board. He just declared okay, it. Sweet. Okay, sweet. Final look at our live poll with today's question of the day. 
Would you rather BYU basketball beat St. Mary's twice in a season or Gonzaga once? Jason and I both feel strongly it should be two wins over St. Mary's, and it appears that the nation agrees with us. 87% of you voting at vote.byutv.org say that over Gonzaga at 13%. But with the caveat of, well, if the Zags win is in the West Coast Conference yeah, tournament, but, then I think it would sway it more yes, closely it would. to 50%. But, but right now we're assuming we're talking regular season, and the only answer is the one right now with 87%. Our lead voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Borge Tire says... Zags once in Vegas. Duh. Okay. okay. That is a no-brainer. But that's not, that's not the angle we were looking at. But, yes, that is clearly the answer if that's the scenario. Yeah, let's add another one. At AR underscore Stoddard PT. St. Mary's twice. I can't stand seeing BYU basketball lose to the fighting Della Vadovas. I know. I know. There's just a lot of uh, negativity that comes up when you bring St. Mary's into the conversation against BYU. It's true. It elicits the St. Mary's face. Waldo in his mouthpiece, the throat punch to Eric Mika, Del, the Del of a dagger. Like, there's some, some bad things. Yes. All right, today's rise and shout outs. You go first. Uh, I'm going to go with Brandon Davies, former BYU basketball star, now overseas, playing over in Europe. And he got to customize his own shoe. He, he went Rambo. These are amazing. These are unbelievable. And I, I am a child of of those movies like Ram I loved First Blood that was fantastic I even had the knife that he had wow. why I had one at that young age I don't know you had a knife but I had his knife you had Rambo's I, knife that that not his specifically but yes a replica so I'm going that's awesome get your own you customize your own shoes and you go Rambo yeah, uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to Jason's parents for letting him have Rambo's knife or a replica I will knife say, when I'll he say, was a kid. That was my dad more than anything. I did not have that at my mom's house. <laughs> Our thanks for today's live <laughs> guest, Steve Cleveland. Be careful, children. Yes. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Holy cow. Had the compass on the top and the matches inside. Matches inside, too? Yeah, you you twist the the back of it off the compass. You had matches and everything else. Oh, my goodness. For survival. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Gary Trost. BYU basketball (laughs) with Mark Pope up next on BYU TV. Go Cougs.